Hi everyone, my name is Gabriel and this is the Hour of the Raven, your channel for everything Ravenloft, RPG, Dungeons and Dragons and horror. Today we are going to explore the domain of Gastria, an island in the Sea of Sorrows, known for being a refuge of artists and aristocrats, but withhold macabre secrets. Before we begin, a few brief announcements and clarifications. First, if you haven't seen my last video yet, a group of friends and I formed the Black Feather to publish Ravenloft material in the DMs Guild. Our first project, the Dread Space, is a crossover of Ravenloft and Spelljammer and features 10 space-themed domains of Dread. I will leave the link in the video description and we would love to hear your talks about it. Second, I would like to recommend to you the Cartulary of Nartok, a gazetteer made by fans that explore in depth the city of Nartok in Darkon. Matt Doyle and Richard Dumont have made an amazing job in bringing the city to life and present beautiful maps of the region. If you haven't checked this out yet, you can download the book and maps for free in the links I will leave in the video description. Finally, let's talk a little about Gastria and the sources I will use for the narrative of this video. So far, our explorations through the mists have taken place in the core of Ravenloft, and have passed through domains that have already been covered in novels, adventures, and in the Ravenloft gazetteers. The main line of books that bring detailed information about the domains and their Dark Lords. Until now, I have been careful to feature the domains of Ravenloft in my videos, taking into account only official sources. However, in the case of Gastria and other domains not previously covered by the Ravenloft Gazetteers, I intend to expand on these sources of information. The domain of Gastria first appeared in an RPGA adventure called Dance of the Dead and was later featured in the book Dark Lords. After that first appearance, it only received brief mentions in the book Domains of Dread, and in the third edition Ravenloft campaign setting. The domain should have been covered in one of the third edition gazetteers, focused on the Sea of Sorrows, but, unfortunately, White Wolf's license to release books for the setting came to an end, and these books haven't been written. However, the Ravenloft fan community wouldn't let the setting rot in oblivion. The Fraternity of Shadows website, the most well-known and organized site for fans of the setting, has published netbooks that continue the gazetteer proposal, exploring in-depth and detail the domains of dread. Some of these books explore the Nocturnal Sea, the domains of Soaring or the Cluster of Zerisha, for example, and for some time now they are developing a gazetteer for the Sea of Sorrows. Although the Gazetteer for the Sea of Sorrows is not yet finalized and published as a single book, some of these passages describing some domains have already been published as previews in the Quart of the Raven netbooks. I will also leave the link where you can download these books. The next videos about Gastria will be based on the official material and in the article about Gastria written by David Jester Gibson. The article on Gastria was published 
as a preview of the Gazetteer of the Seer of Sorrow, and it's possible that the final text will change when the Gazetteer is finally published. Are you ready? After helping Alanik Ray to escape the influence of Dominique Donaire and the living brain, we remain hidden in his residence in Port Alucine, while he tries to unravel the whereabouts of the missing Dr. Hudo von Richten. While we waited, we sat in his library, poring over books on astronomy and imagining what kind of horrors might exist in the unknown cosmos. After some investigations, Alanik Ray finds some clues about the possible whereabouts of Dr. Rudolf von Richten. Using his contacts from when he served as chief constable in Martyria Bay, he gets information that Dr. Rudolf von Richten was last seen in that city, in Darkon. However, the accounts say that von Richten was a shadow of his former self, and looked like a man gone mad constantly plagued by strange nightmares. There are no other records of his whereabouts, but Alanik Ray conjectures that Van Richten may have been sent to the asylum for the mentally ill on the island of Dominia, in the Sea of Sorrows, since the city of Martyria Bay had an arrangement with the sanatorium to send them the mentally ill and insane who roamed its streets. Willing to investigate this lead, and eager to leave Demolure after our disturbing discoveries about his Dark Lords, Alanik Ray helped us secure passage on a ship. The vessel that usually takes the insane patients to Dominia is the Mercy Ship, but it is not in port, and we managed to arrange a passage on the Black Pelican, a commercial and passenger vessel that will make a long road through various islands in the Sea of Sorrows. After saying goodbye to Alanik Ray and Arthur Sedwick, we board the ship for our first destination, the island of Gastria, a placid place, a haven for artists and aristocrats. The ship is loaded with drinks and food to trade with the island, and several aristocrats are present to attend a ball and festivity that will be held by its ruler, the Marquis Stefan de Polarno. With a new direction and destiny, we head out to water, crossing the Sea of Sorrows, until we reach the island of Gastria. Power of Gastria is a domain of Ravenloft created to house a Dark Lord inspired by the literary character of Dorian Gray, with some influence also by the historical figure and author Marquis de Sade. This remote island doesn't seem dangerous at first, appearing welcoming and peaceful, but it hides subtle horrors and secret threats. The domain is set on the Chivalrous Age, and shares common cultural influences with the domain of Dimon. The cultural inspiration of this domain draws from Renaissance France, before the French Revolution. Gastria domain is located in the western region of the Sea of Sorrows, and sailors living in Mordent can reach the island by sailing directly west. 
The domain wasn't always an island, and when it was first introduced in the Dark Lord supplement, it was situated on the western border of Sidicus. Despite this location, the domain did not appear on official Ravenloft setting maps until after the events of the Grand Conjunction, when the Sea of Sorrows was revealed, and the domain emerged as one of its islands. Gastria's climate is temperate and is considerably pleasant and mild, rarely reaching extremes. During the winter, some places are covered by a small layer of snow, and in the summer, there are only few days when the temperature can be considered unpleasantly hot, thanks to the cool breeze and sea winds. During the summer, intense and rapid rainfall usually occurs in the morning and late afternoon, and the winds and sea currents make the island a very humid place. In the morning, it is common for the island to be covered by a fog, which dissipates as the weather opens and warms up throughout the day. The island geography is marked by hills, and its slopes and valleys are gentle and pleasant for its explorers. Its coast is largely made up of rocky beaches and small cliffs, and the waters around it do not hide dangers for navigators, making it an easily accessible place by sea. The island is not crossed by rivers, but small springs and streams can be found, creating some ravines. Evidence indicate that the region was once covered by a dense forest, but the island had already been almost entirely deforested, and currently only two forests remain on the island, being simply colored the Northwoods and the Westwood. Although these forests are not dense, they have thick undergrowth vegetation that reached up to an explorer's knees and hide small animals or threats. Some superstitious Islanders believe that the Westwood trees are enchanted and their wood is stronger. However, rumors also claim that the region is inhabited by fake creatures and some disappearance of lumberjacks in the region seem to reinforce these fears. The soil of Gastria is quite fertile and its landscape is filled with farms and pastures, owned by its ranchers. Despite its great fertility, the region is affected by a mysterious effect known as the Farmer's Lament. All food production in the region is cursed with a lack of flavor, and the food, while still retaining its smell and appearance, has no taste when eaten. Only when the food starts to turn rotten or spoiled, does it start to taste again. This curse also affects the meat of animals raised in the region, and even fish caught in the nearest waters. Although many point out that this circumstance is due to some supernatural curse, some scholars of Lamordia claim that this fact is probably due to some soil contamination which contaminates the animals that graze in the region and also the waters in the immediate vicinity. Once every two or three years, however, a special crop is harvested, and its strong and distinctive flavor 
is often the cause of celebration and festivals hosted by the Marquis. Although once heavily forested, the region of Castria today have a sparse flora. Some large trees like oak, bushes and pines can still be found in their forests. The undergrowth has a wide variety of ferns, and its native vegetation holds many plants of exotic colors, used for the extraction of paints. One of these local plants, the umbral herb, was commonly used to create a dye colored umbral gray. The ink is highly toxic if ingested, and can be distilled into a powerful poison. Its taste is nauseating, unlike other local foods, but some know ways to disguise its taste. The island fauna is mostly composed of small animals, and hedgehogs, moles, badgers, and foxes can be found. A few deer still inhabit the island, but finding one is a rarity. Most of the island's large predators were hunted to extinction, and in the Marquis' mansion, it is possible to find the pelt of the island's last wolf. The island is full of birds such as goose, sparrows, owls, woodpeckers, and hawks. In the seas around the island, however, the greatest diversity of animal species can be found. The islands receive two sea currents, coming from the south and the north, and a wild variety of fish can be found in its waters, such as herring, cod, and marlins. Sharks are a constant presence and risk for anyone who ventures to swim in the surrounding waters. The island has many shellfish, and lobsters, clams, and crabs are common. Finally, its waters are constantly visited by dolphins and whales. Some legends speak of sea monsters that plague the region, such as a huge killer shark or a giant lobster. The populace also fear the presence of undead ghouls that devour the flesh of the dead, and of giant carrion crawlers. The population of the island of Castria is mostly human, although some elves and half-elves can be found among its inhabitants. Once connected through the mist to the domain of Citicus, these elves and half-elves were lost from their homeland in the events of the Grand Conjunction, and unable to return, decided to take residence on the island. The human population closely resembles the people of Dimuru and Mordant, and many believe they share a common origin with these people. They have fair skin, but most are tanned by the sun and suffer by exposure to sea winds. Their hair is often dark in color, and their eyes can be of any color, with many natives having blue or green eyes. Most of the population dresses practically, and in sturdy clothes, made of linen or cotton. Linen shirts, leather pants, hike boots, and jackets to protect against the weather are the most common clothes of farmers and fishermen. Women tend to wear dresses made from less rustic materials, and wear shawls and coats to protect themselves from the weather. Some Gaistrian families claim to descend from an aristocracy, 
but the legitimacy of their hierarchical position come more from their possession than their alleged genealogical nobility. This aristocracy does everything to distinguish itself from the lower classes and try to behave and dress like the aristocracy of the core. Those who do not have the resources to import vests and material from the mainland wear elaborate garments made with materials found on the islands. To the Montreux high society, however, they are viewed with derision and colored fishermen pretending to be nobles. In Gastria, the language spoken is Mordentish, which points once again to a common origin with Mordent and Timur. The island isolation has meant that the language has not undergone updates and modifications as in the core, and mainland dwellers may find the Mordentish language of Gastria more archaic and antiquated. In addition, the constant presence of sailors from distant lands means that many different foreign terms were incorporated into its dialect. The population of Gastria organized its life around the tides, as a good part of its productive activity is currently related to the sea. They also have the habit of dedicating themselves to leisure and hobbies, and it's not uncommon, even among fishermen and farmers, to find people who dedicate themselves to writing poetry, carving whalebones or pieces of wood. The island time, as they like to refer it, is not the same as one would expect to find in a big city of the core, and it's not uncommon for stores and commercial establishments to open at irregular hours at the convenience of their owners or that activities and occupations are suddenly interrupted when one considers that he had a sudden artistic inspiration. The population of Castria has a strong inclination toward the arts. They believe they are ancient souls and that they have within them the spark of greatness and creativity. This creative inclination makes their worldview deeply influenced by art and philosophy, and often an entire generation of Gastrians seem to adhere to an artistic and philosophical movement in vogue. Artistic movements like Romanticism dominated the past generation, and Fauvism seems to be the trending movement right now, but movements like Realism or Naturalism have been gaining traction among the youth. This abundant creativity and artistic production in Gastria does not necessarily mean that its production are of quality, and Gastrian art is not as consumed by other foreign art markets as one would expect. On the contrary, the number of works of inferior and mediocre quality ends up detracting from the appreciation of the art of Gastria, which has a low demand in the core. Despite this, the island attracts a large number of artists who seek inspiration to create their works in its peaceful surroundings or a more secluded place to reinvent their artistic process. Gastria cuisine is something quite peculiar. As the food produced on the island does not have any taste, 
Most of the dishes are composed from fish caught in the high seas, and almost all dishes use some type of fish to add some flavor to the food. Only the richest can buy food and spice from the mainland in greater quantities to enjoy a different cuisine. As a result, an unwary explorer of Gastrion's cuisine will find that its dishes are designed more to please the eye and the nose, and may contain unusual food combinations for those unaccustomed to local practices. Most of Gastria's architecture is done with stone constructions, with the island wood being mainly reserved for building boats. The simplest buildings use stone and wood in their construction, but more modern constructions use brick and mortar. Stereo facades are often left unpainted, as the sea air often damages and stains the paint. For many years, the population of Gastria could not openly practice their faith, due to the friction that the first marquis had with the church. Although it is not known exactly what the original beliefs were, the ruins of a church in the center of the East Riding Town are all that remains of this faith, forgotten times of religion's repression. After the demise of the first Marquis, his successor rules with a more benevolent hand and has no longer repressed religious practices. Contact with other nations, and especially with Demolue, with whom they believe they have an ancestral bond, mean that the Church of Ezra quickly filled this void. Several anchorites of the faith came to Gastria with the intention of converting its population, and currently a great cathedral is being built, an architectural work of art that will feature countless paintings and frescoes, which intends to dazzle the faithful. Gastria is a monarchy, and absolute power resides with its ruler, the Marquis Stefan de Polarco. Although historical records indicate that, in the remote past, the island was ruled by a king, the Marquis currently occupies the highest position in the hierarchy, and did not want to assume the title of king. The word of the Marquis is law in his land, but there is a set of norms edited over the years that guarantee minimum rights to citizens. The Marquis also had the power to decide judicial disputes, but he usually appoints magistrates to exercise this function in his name. Other members of the nobility are responsible for managing property on the island, and can collect taxes from the population. Nobility titles are not necessarily related to a noble lineage, and wealthy people can buy a title from the Marquis or even from some other nobleman in financial difficulties. Gastria's economy revolves around its fish production, and its port has become a center of naval trade. The fishing vessels venture into distant waters to catch flavored fish, and sell or trade those products for food and products from the core. The most lucrative activity carried out in Gastria come from the whaling industry, and whale hunting is both profitable and dangerous. In addition to the meat, 
Its bones and oils extracted from its carcass are sold, and it has attracted fortune for some captains. Finally, Gastre is always present in the arts market, even if the volume and quality of its artistic productions is a problem for its appreciation. The literary works of some of its residents have attracted attention in the high society of Mordent and Demon, such as the macabre tales of Eric Allen and the historical novels of Jade Rotwell. Glastrian's most famous works, however, are the scandalous and infamous tales of the first Marquis Stefan Polarno. After docking in a port in Gastria, we are informed by the captain that the ship will remain here for a few days, while it completes its business, and we decide to explore the island and town of East Riding. Finally, on dry land, we appreciate the stop in a land that seems pleasant and inviting, despite the inconvenience of its tasteless cuisine. Many of our traveling companions, members of the aristocracy, settle in different parts of the island, awaiting the Marquis' grand ball. Despite being less illustrious than our traveling companions, our presence does not go unnoticed across the island. A local nobleman, Baron Camar de Marosso, is very curious and receptive to new arrivals on the island, and he approaches and invites us to his residence for supper so he can hear news from the mainland and share his hospitality. Happy to be so well received in such a strange place, we headed to his home, where we took advantage of our host's knowledge to learn more about the history of Gastria. Join us, subscribe to this channel, and turn on notifications, and let's find out what secrets are kept in the history of Gastria.